such a tremendous looking trophy. Welcome to Platinum Explosion, number one PlayStation podcast in the Oceanias. My name's Dylan Blight. Joining me, as always, Ashley Holdley. Hey, John. Excited to be here and with our special guest. Buddy Watson. We did a co-op thing. Good job. Buddy, how are you? Hey, Dylan. Uh, excited to be here. Can't wait to talk about all the PlayStation 5 news, like the release date and uh, the price of it. Yeah, well, we can um, make shit up. <laughs> we just pretend, make some fucking clickbaity click, click podcast out of this, and be like, "We've got the, we've got the dates, we've got the details everyone wanted," um, but we don't. But let's just jump straight into that because obviously that's what the majority of this episode is going to be about because that's the majority. of every PlayStation podcast of the last week. I, I will say, like behind the behind the scenes, quickly. I originally was going to do something the next morning and then I stayed up till 3am and about, (laughs) I would say two minutes in, as soon as I realized what it actually was and what it wasn't, then I was like, I ain't doing that because this is not going (laughs) to, this is not a worthwhile rush out episode thing. And I'm going to say it's, it's been worth waiting because I would say allowing more articles and allowing more time to think about it, allowing more time to see other people talk about it has actually helped for this sort of thing. So what happened, obviously, in case anyone doesn't actually know, (laughs) was that PlayStation put out a tweet saying, get ready for the future of the next uh, PlayStation, tune into this live live stream. And then everyone got excited. And I want to start there before we start breaking down what they actually talked about. I want to start with the key... Thing which was they put out a tweet and I'm usually one that's pretty I can usually read something and go oh that's going to be this or that's going to be this and I'll admit even I got blinded by this one a bit not to the point that I come out the other end angry but I definitely read their original tweet and where it said the future of PlayStation and beyond you know and the way that tweet was worded I was like damn here we go finally and I wasn't turned off by the part it said Mark Cerny because Mark Cerny did the PS4 reveal he did the pro, sure. He but he did do the PS4 reveal. And although the PS4 original reveal was rather techy and bullshitty or whatever, they fucking had Knack come out and they talked about the particles of Knack and you know that was the like all that sort of stuff. It was like a, it was a mix of whatever. It wasn't a very good event, but honestly, I don't expect the PS5 reveal to, to be a very good event. Full stop. So, how did everyone else feel about the the tweet? What it was? Did you get tricked, Ash? Uh. I did not stay up, so that helped. Yeah. Uh, I knew kind of what it was going into it. Um, it it definitely felt like his GDC address that he didn't get delivered because GDC that's what was it was. It was a hundred percent the yep. GDC thing. So it was definitely more of a developer slight aimed presentation than it was the public consumer. So it wasn't a lot of fun to watch. No, but do you feel like to get through. do you feel like the tweet represented the fact that it was a GDC thing? Well, because I don't. No, other no. than including Mark Cerny, uh, no. that was the only hints. Yeah, that's yeah. what I think as well, buddy. Yeah, I, I agree as well. Um, very misleading. I think if you're uh, someone that's on Twitter or Facebook and seeing kind of the live updates or following some of the news, you know, the games journalists um, and seeing what Shry is saying like, oh, it's going to be the GDC thing or, you know, it's only mm. going to be this or it's going to be real techie. Um, the closer it got to the event, the more kind of you started to realize, yeah, okay, I know what this is going to be now. Um, but for people who just saw that initial 
initial tweet or that initial news thing, um, they would have went into it feeling very <laughs> maybe let down or, or, or deceived a little with how they kind of built it up. Mm. So, well, well, Sony didn't build it up. It's just how they worded it um, and how that would have been built up in people's minds. So, Yeah. I think they could have done this uh, another way and still done this show and kind of pleased everyone. And uh, honestly, this is the part that I think they've got wrong with the whole thing because this was just his GDC talk. This is what he was going to do at GDC. This is, I guess they filmed it in front of, I don't know who, that's the question. Like Mark Cerny's on stage, uh, Trenton introduces him. Trenton's in like a fucking Hawaiian shirt or whatever. I don't remember. Um, Animal Crossing, he's there for two seconds. He's yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. <laughs> but then everyone was really confused by like the people, you know, who were watching. Like, are they doing fake shadows or whatever? They were real people. So I presume. You sure? Yeah, they were. You sure there weren't they cardboard moved. cutouts? No, they moved several okay. times. It wasn't like a weird Simpsons. Yeah, they could just be like on like a thing. A wavy thing. You know, like what are you fucking vacuum salesman over here doing the fucking <laughs> being controlled by Kevin McAllister in the background? Yeah, yeah. fucking <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> no, they were real people. So I was wondering if they were just potentially uh, people who just they filmed it in a Sony like conference room type thing, or they invited like other devs. I still don't know, but that the was interesting. Extras. The high extras, maybe. Uh, but I think they could have done this hundred percent if they. The wording was changed from the outset, which is they go, hey, tomorrow night, Mark Cerny's GDC talk about the PlayStation. It's 100% tech, no games, no price, no nothing. That's what it is. And then in the follow-up tweet, they say, next week, PS5 reveal events happening proper, you know, like something like that, like lay all your cards on the table kind of scenario. Because the problem I think with this event, and I, I don't hate it, and I don't hate all the information that was in it, which we'll get to in a moment, obviously. I think there's lots of great details here. I think for developers, this was basically, this would have been monumental kind of thing for a lot of them to watch and be like, because they would have understood a lot more of it than uh, us and everyone else in the yep. consumer, whatever, media type side of it. And they would have been great for them. But the fact that everyone is still just like, they, they didn't have another kind of tree to grasp for you know it was like just, they walked out onto the cliff grabbed onto this one last rope and they're like this is it mark cerny what details have you got and he's like get fucked <laughs> Fuck <it." laughs> kick some off Terra then, flops. you know there's Solid no one else there drives to- yeah <laughs> this is cerny as he kicks you off the cliff <laughs> this is- yeah kick you off the fucking cliff and there's not another thing to grab onto like oh this was shit but I already know that next week they've got another event happening, a state of play. Finally, it's it's here. I feel like they should have just mm. laid their cards out. And I think the fact that it's nearly a week later or a week later, yeah, when did it happen? Wednesday last week, yeah. So it's basically a week later. And I think the fact that they still haven't sort of laid their cards out in response to the basically major negative feedback is pretty shit, to be honest. I think they are doing a bad do- job at controlling the media narrative to this. And even if... Their specs for the PlayStation and the reveal event turns everyone around, which it very much could. At the moment, Xbox is winning solely on media uh, and consumer response because they're like, well, they told us stuff. They just put out an article last the week prior and told mm. us all these details and we know what the box looks like. They put out a fucking ad where they're like, here's a fridge and they played into the meme. Like they're already playing into memes and Sony's still just like, uh, you know, so I, on that side of the event stuff, like rating it, I would say 
disappointing, weird handle handling of it. I don't know what the fuck they're thinking. Um, I do want to do some new predictions at the end of this though, because obviously me and Ash did ones at the start of the year or whatever it was, and all those dates are passed now. So we're now going to move the baseball field about ten yards that way, and we'll, we'll try and um, line up some shots again proper. Let's get into what they actually talked about here. So I'm just going to read this from Game Sutra because uh, they've laid out the top five main things that they thought was cool. I'm going to stop on each one. I think there's one that's the most interesting and then other stuff is not. I'm not going to read the specs out here because none of us know what the fuck any of it all means. So there's no point. Um, PlayStation lead architect Mark Sony offered an incredible in-depth look at what will be powering the next generation of PlayStation hardware when the console debuts later this year. The in-depth dive delivered a social distancing friendly hour long video earlier today. Offers an interesting look at the technology powering the storage gpu and audio components blah 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 so the first thing developers dream of solid state drives cerny opened the talk by saying that a solid state drive is by far the most developer requested feature for next generation consoles like the playstation 5 and took some time early on to offer a deep dive into what problems the inclusion of the ssd involves solves for both developers and players we've got a more in-depth article over here uh which you I may link below because it's quite a good one, but Cerny says that the most important improvement brought by an SSD is that designers won't have to factor in a need to hide asset loading into their game design decisions. Saying, quote, what if the SSD is so fast that all the player, uh, that as the player is turning around, it's possible to load textures for everything behind the player in that split second. If you figure that takes half a second to turn, that's four gigabytes of compressed data you can load. That sounds about right for next gen. So... The first thing that interestingly stood out to me is the fact that obviously Xbox Xbox has an SSD, PlayStation has an SSD. There is a major difference between both of their SSDs, and I and it's not just about speed. It's not like oh this reads or writes faster or, or this sort of thing. Um, and in fact, a lot of what makes Sony's, from my understanding, watching the video, a lot of what makes Sony's SSD good and better than xboxes is actually the custom like the bridge thing kind of that's going to put through like what the data is going to be processed for through like their their thing that's going to go or go for these files first or these ones second like the the thing he talked mm -hmm. about so things have a higher priority rate than yeah. other things uh to turn the six priority uh, levels yes that all that mumbo jumbo that he's talking about um, and as cool as it is when you boil down an SSD to what an SSD is, like what an SSD does in my computer, for, for instance, like I was playing Doom last week on my PC and every second, every time I died or I loaded into a level, it took less than a second. Like there was no load times in games. And that's kind of what I'm used to when I'm playing PC games with an SSD. It basically deletes load times. So that's a thing that next generation games are going to get. But the most interesting thing here is the one they point out here. And this is the one that stood out to me in the thing. The fact that it fundamentally will change game design to a level that I don't think any of us can kind of comprehend at the moment uh, because what they, the examples they give, you know, he, he brings up this thing where it's like, oh, this windy path between a castle or whatever. And the whole reason that is there is to make you just walk around there so they can cover the loading times. You know, they talk about the Spider-Man on the train and they've got this, just him like sitting there or whatever. They, they give you something to look at while they're loading. Game, all games do this in some form or fashion. A lot of them just straight up give you load screens. A lot of other big open world games will try and cover it somehow, you know, an elevator, a fucking staircase, 
you know, what what have you. So having the fact that the PS5, especially first-party developers, are going to be playing with a system that's like, that's not an issue, it suddenly changes not just game design, but then the way narrative design and story for game can be written. Because beforehand, they could be like, oh, a guy could say, oh, I want this character to run up here and do this epic battle straight from this moment. And then the game designers are like, we can't do that because we actually would have to load different assets. And like from a technical standpoint, it's just impossible. So we'll need to like put in this other scene here to cover a low time and it could slow down the moment. So that's why SSD, I think, is the massive thing from this. Uh, buddy, what were your, what are your thoughts on the whole SSD shenanigans? Um, I think the SSD and what they kind of revealed about the SSD was basically the big point of difference that they have really against Xbox because they're not kind of going for the same type of um, <clears throat> strategy, if you say. So, of course, Cerny was... Um, trying to differentiate about the, the the teraflops and how they're not that important um and it's just a number whereas um xbox has seemed going for the like the raw power whereas mm. you know like you were saying with ssd the, the, the speed of it um how custom it is even with the smaller hard drive size i think that has something i think i was reading somewhere on like a digital foundry Eurogamer type thing where that's why the hard drive was that size or something so it could opt optimize those those faster speeds as well um so i have no idea as a tech head kind of what um strategy will be important will there be that much noticeable difference compared to the the xbox series x with the ssd and what it can do only time will kind of tell but um it's i guess it's hard to get excited about it without showing anything that's demoing it um i really feel i really wish there was some kind of demo that they put on obviously we had the one that was you know kind of leaked with that weird footage about the spider-man thing but i just would have loved to have seen it yeah perform i guess why didn't they have like it you know like you're saying it was a deep dive but i would have loved a little you know a quick flash of video maybe they could have you know instead of that phone footage they had from spider-man um kind of showcasing but it's i guess it's really hard to showcase what it can to without PS5 games or anything like that. But I, I after seeing it, and, and I think this is one of the reasons why the event was good, um, instead of just releasing a spec sheet and kind of here we are and not being able to decipher it and actually certainly going through it step by step and explaining the importance of why these decisions were made and about all the bottlenecks and the prioritizing. It's like, oh, this is the most I've ever understood about hard drives before in my life. So, um, yeah, I'm... I'm it's hard to say I'm excited about it. I'm very interested in it. If that that's uh, it's definitely piqued my interest. Yeah. I think the the key thing that you put kind of point out there is that um so that Spider-Man video came from a GameStop uh, investors meeting or something like that, I believe it was. So when they're trying to explain to layman general people or whatever, they're like, hey, here's a video of Spider-Man. Look how fast everything loads because they have to show you something. I feel like they didn't do that for this because this was supposed to be a GDC talk. And I, I, right. I feel yeah. like they're like, we don't need to do that because everyone that this is targeted at will just understand what the hell I'm talking about. So there's no need to, to bring up Spider-Man videos. Only problem is they're live streaming it to thousands yeah, and thousands yeah. of people <laughs> and have opened it up. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think that it's 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 just really weird, and that's one of the, the key things of this. Whereas, although if GDC happened, this film, this talk would have been filmed, and it would have been available online. That would have hundred percent happened. However, 
um, because the fact that they turned it into like a tweet, we're going live, here's a thing happening, um, and they didn't tweak the script of his talk or tweak any of the presentation items for the new audience, mm. that was like one thing that could have made a major difference. You know, like, it's, hey, Mark, how about this part? You say this a little bit differently. Like, they could have spent a day just to tweak it so it wasn't so tech wordy heavy and change to have like the spider-man thing in the background or whatever else so that could have made a major difference yeah um ash how do you how do you feel about ssds <laughs> i mean it all sounds really good <laughs> i mean it, i think lo- the faster load times are the, like the differential for this whole generation like that's the big jump from ps4 to ps5 um so for them to explain exactly how much big of a difference it is is cool and uh i mean that was maybe the most interesting part of it it's the talk, which is not really saying something, but uh, yeah, it's it, it's it's cool to hear that they've gone for a more optimized, focused version of the SSD rather than Xbox, which sounds like they've just grabbed one off the shelf and shoved it in. Yeah, I I really do think that the SSD is the thing, and it's not the load time thing. It is the mm. it'll like a year or two or whatever, however long it takes for us to potentially get our first big. Uh, first party title maybe we have one at launch i honestly don't know if we will but that's just by judging off the ps4 launch library but if we do sure and then someone hopefully on twitter or in a video will be able to tell you like hey spider-man 2 whatever it is uh this is made for ps5 not only do we no longer have the fast travel happen under subways but like this section of the game we couldn't do on ps4 because of this or the uh, the the fact that you can swing so much faster and like the assets are loading, you can now do this. We could get rid of so much motion blur. We could, um, we have more detailed NPCs that are varied around the open world now because we can have different uh, amount of NPCs. Um, you don't have the same fucking assets of trees everywhere because we can actually have more of those more or something. Like, I feel like there's going to be so many small details of game design that this opens up that we it's really hard to talk about it but that is the most interesting thing i think you know yeah and and the other thing that i i think i was reading in that or watching in the one of the digital foundry videos as well is that they're saying because of the speed and um the customization and that priority level of the um ssd that it might actually make up for any like kind of deficiencies in the computing units that um you can see kind of um, with the 36 and the or whatever the 52 or 56 uh, CUs are from the Xbox One, oh, so if it's Xbox Series X, and that yeah. <laughs> the SSD might actually act as something that might be able to make up for the less mm-hmm. teraflops or GPU and take like strain off that in a way that I'd never really kind of thought that 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 maybe ever be a thing that was possible. So um, there they were kind of uh, discussing how kind of innovative is and i know that mark Cerny was like the, the evolution or the revolution or something like that about the ssd so um interesting to see if that that can be kind of leveraged to um pick up more of the slack not just with the load times but all, all the kind of computing power and stuff yeah it i think uh, and a lot of that is like when it, when you we're going to get a lot into over the, over the next 12 months six months i guess basically um you know xbox first playstation is going to be higher than it has been in quite quite some time <laughs> but Although I think both consoles look good on paper, um, I do, and, and take everything I say over grain of salt, because obviously this is a PlayStation podcast, but I feel like although I host a PlayStation podcast, I'm 
not I, I wouldn't call myself a super fanboy up saying he's asked about these things, but I would say that potentially third party games could take advantage of the Series X's raw power in ways that will have those games looking slightly better than they do on the PS5, maybe. But first party games on PlayStation 5 will be better than first party games on Xbox because of these design choices and such that you can get with the SSD, I think. You know? Because that's the Mm. other thing we don't know. Um, A lot of the, the, that key thing I was talking about, the bridge or whatever, the the priority level thing that Sony's built for this this SSD. Because they do talk about, like, you'll be able to buy, uh, you don't have to buy uh, proprietary SSDs from Sony, whereas that's what Xbox is doing, and that's a weird decision, but that's another thing that's happening. (laughs) Um, You'll just be able to buy whatever SSD you want for this sort of thing. Now, of course, they're going to suggest certain speeds and whatever else, which... Uh, is the exact same they do for the PS4 at the moment. The, you know, they put out, they brand with Tobisha or whatever. You know, uh, you go JB Hi-Fi. They're like, hey, this one runs best. Buy this one. This one has yeah. our recommended speeds. Specific gaming ones. Yeah. So you can, you're going to see some of that sort of stuff or you're just going to be able to go online and they're going to be like, go to Officeworks, buy this brand, buy these speeds, buy what you want. Now, you could just stick whatever fucking SSD you want in your PlayStation 5 and then when you're complaining that it's not working correctly or your games are running worse than your friend's games and they're like, well, what SSD did you put in it? You're like, oh, this one? Well, we said don't put, unless they're below this bit, you know, so that may be uh, an issue that we run into. Um, but yeah, it's like, I, I'm going to be, Interested to find out that if a third-party game can actually take as much advantage of that stuff, because I don't think they will, you know? If uh, first-party games will be able to take advantage of all this sort of stuff, but obviously third-party games, that's where... Are they going to get these design freedom choices that SSD opens up? Because they can't do it on Xbox. Not the same, maybe. It's actually one of my biggest concerns um, looking at it, like... Are developers going to go for it's always the lowest baseline? So are they just going to go for the GPU and the CUs of the the, the PlayStation Four, and then maybe it'll be they'll work off that and then go up for the Xbox, or will they you know target the the lower speed SSD of the Xbox because they're trying to get to the same place through different strategies? But Ooh. will developers be a little bit confused with? how they optimize and because they're doing two different things it was just straight power for power you go okay cool we're just going to make the game for the lowest one and there'll be no problems with the higher one at the moment can they even do that with how it is i don't really understand you know the schema you know schematics of it all but um that's kind of one of my concerns in it like the 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 difference is apples Mm -hmm. to oranges it's not the same exact thing so yeah and i think it'll be a matter of who's doing performing best like sales wise like who's doing, who's got probably the most units sold? Mm. It'll be the one that that's a good point. Start to focus on who's winning out of the who's winning the first you know three months. Will cut you set the standard for who where their target market is for yeah. the third party games? I guess potentially. Um, Look, I'll do everything I can to uh, make sure PlayStation wins. How many PS fives you gonna you gonna be out there trying to sell it to every customer? Have you heard about the PlayStation Five? <laughs> Have you heard about the SSD? Well, sit down. I've got a 52-minute talk you need to watch. <laughs> it might put you to sleep, not because it's boring, because it's Mark Cerny, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> this guy has a great voice. I can't miss him. Uh, yeah, right, moving on from the SSD. So, um, he's just creating an innov- innovative... That's Every single time we do this show, 
There's like three words, and that is one of them. Innovative. Innovative. Yeah, I have to say it slow. It's one of those words if I try and say fast. And in general, I think I, I speak fast, though, right? It's one of those words I have to slow down and, like, say the syllables one by one for whatever reason. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, innovative. Console without blind signing devs. Um, so kind of coming back to, like, how easy it's going to be to develop for and this sort of stuff. How difficult it can be for developers to adjust to the leaps that come with new console generations isn't something PlayStation has publicly paid particular attention to in the past. This time around, Cerny says it's, quote, key to make a generational leap while keeping the console sufficiently familiar to game developers. We need to judge for each feature what value it adds and whether it is worth the increase in developer time to support it. Much of this centers around the custom AMD GPU featured in the PlayStation 5. So then he says the new GPU features are crucial for any generational leap, but focusing too heavily on innovation can make more work for developers trying to build games for the latest systems. To keep the adjustment period as light as possible, the PlayStation 5 team decided that any new big GPU features should be optional to use. The GPU supports ray, ray tracing, but you don't have to use ray tracing. The GPU supports primitive shaders, but you can release your game first on PlayStation 5 without making any use of them. All of this is basically um, a 180 from how PlayStation was when they were designing the PS3. And although the the PS4 obviously was a similar sort of, let's make the console easier to develop for, the, yeah. I found it super interesting, although I don't I, I don't understand fully what goes into this period and what what it is here but stats are stats and numbers speak for themselves you know he brings up a, uh, the graph and he's like it took average of developers for the playstation 3 6 to 12 months to adjust uh for developing that console nearly a year that's fucking insane and then the uh, the ps2 he had three to six months playstation reckon it was one to two months uh playstation 4 was down to a couple months and then he reckons for this thing it's only gonna be like a month for people to get used to, to doing it. So, I mean, it's one of those, and I think that's a lot of the reason why when you hear about developers praising this thing and being looking forward to it and talking a lot more about this one than Xbox, I think that potentially Sony has just got down a much easier to play with system than Xbox this time. I think that, I think that might be what's happening here. Like, I feel like with the dev kits going around that Sony might for once have the, uh, the equivalent of like the Xbox 360, uh, which was, a, was apparently one of the easiest systems to develop for at the time. Cause it was basically just a mini PC, I guess, coming out of Microsoft stuff. So that'll be good because that means at launch, we should see a lot more indie games and whatever else being ported over or released within a shorter period of time because it requires less learning curve and turnover and these sorts of things. Uh, let's talk about the backwards compatibility stuff. So PlayStation 5, when they announced it, everyone got really fucking confused. <laughs> However, since then, on the PlayStation blog, they had to clarify, and they really did have to clarify because even... When I got done watching it, I was on Twitter and I had 10 different people saying the thing. Because basically what happened was Mark Cena comes out on stage. He says, oh, at, at release, top 100 PS4 games will be playable on the PlayStation 5 through backwards compatibility. Everyone goes, 100? What do you mean a fucking 100? That's crazy. I'm looking on Twitter afterwards and I see people going, oh, I think he just meant boosted ones. 
And then someone else being like, no, because then he surely would have said that and clarified it. <laughs> so I was like, what the hell's going on? Turns out that is what he was saying, although horribly. So on the PS blog, they wrote a quick update on backward compatibility with all the amazing games in the PS5's catalog with devoted significant efforts, efforts to enable our fans to play their favorites on PS5. We believe that the overwhelming majority of the 4,000 plus PS4 titles will be playable on PlayStation 5. We're expecting backward compatibility titles to run at a boosted frequency on PS5, PS5 so they can benefit from uh, more or stable frame rates and potentially higher resolutions. We're currently evaluating games on a title-by-title -title basis to spot any issues that need adjustments from the original software developers. Uh, in his presentation, Mark Sandy provided a snapshot into the top 100 most played PS4 titles, demonstrating how well our backward compatibility efforts are going. So more or less, they're doing kind of the Xbox thing where a lot of their original like 360 games, when they came along for backwards compatibility, they were kind of testing them somewhat before bring They didn't just dump them all. They were like, oh, we made sure it worked. We made sure it worked. This one's got like slightly higher resolution. This one's got uh, a better frame right now. Like we've just made sure they all kind of run smoothly or whatever. That seems to be what the booster thing is. But it seems like all games are going to play on your ps4 hallelujah everyone can we are we all happy <laughs> buddy are you pleased you can play all your ps4 games <laughs> uh it's what i expected especially from reading the wired article like months ago yeah. so um the fact that this baffled it and now that we're getting kind of you know reconfirmation that you can play pretty much everything um it just kind of makes me feel weird it's like oh, okay you just clarified something that you were already much pretty much set on but then you muddled just before. So it's really this weird, weird feeling. Um, the biggest thing that it kind of left me a little bit hollow and disappointed out of it was just that it's just PS4. And because um, they showed this presentation, they're showing kind of the chip and the PS3 and then the PS2 logo inside the chip and you know kind of, kind of what made backwards compatible um, happen for the PS3 when it was PS2 games and how expensive that was because they're having to just put the, the PS2 inside it. Um, and of course, all the symbols we'd had of the PlayStation 1, 2, and 3, and 4 before, uh, references to Jack and Daxter um, in, in kind of level design, and even uh, Dead Space, which is referenced by Mark Cerny. So um, that was one of the weird kind of, are these all red flags for speaking about backwards compatibility later? No, that wasn't, and it was kind of a little bit of a letdown. Um, it was only ever rumors that everything was going to be backwards compatible. And I think that's just a PlayStation fans kind of dream. And, and uh, with how hard that, it, you know, it's, 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 un, it's, it would be awesome, but it's definitely unlikely, but it just felt a little bit hollow with, especially when they muddled up the message and showing the weird logos inside a chip. I was just like, ah, this is, this is just weird. So I can't say that I'm super happy about it. I'm glad, I'm glad, but this is the same information that we had from the Wired article. Yeah. So. I, I, feel, I honestly feel like Mark Cerny, when he was doing this, was like, but everyone read the white article. Surely everyone knows what I'm talking about, you know? And <laughs> then the internet starts, <laughs> starts being... But even before this, I would see people online always being like, oh, I'd love if the PS5 could play PS4 games. I'm like, they've confirmed that ages ago. Like, ages ago in that fucking white article. And everyone yes. was still questioning it. And I, only when they started doing this conference, I was like, wait, did they get the white article wrong? Like, why is this <laughs> suddenly a thing? Yeah, it's quite confusing. Ash. This is a one-on-one -on -one interview? Um, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's baffling that they 
confuse the messaging. The only thing I can think of is, that, again, it was meant to be a JDC discussion and they assumed that all the JDC people wouldn't understand what they what were talking, talking about. about. And that could also be the reason why they didn't mention PS3, PS2, PS1 backwards compatibility because it was a game developer's discussion. Why do you need to tell game developers that it's backwards compatible for PS3, PS2 and PS1? Because yeah. nobody is currently developing for those, I don't think. <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong. It's funny you say that because uh, it's it's one of my takeaways that I really hope, um, I know we might have got there around about towards the end of the episode, but it's really one of my takeaways from watching this Cerny talk is that I really hope that they're holding back on some things because I really feel like they're just, okay, all the information they've given us is exactly the kind of stuff that we know about the Xbox now. Was it not handled well? Yeah, so be it. But um, we haven't given Xbox anything to to grab onto and go, ha, the next day, like, our price is the same price. Or, our price is $100 cheaper or our release date's this. So um, that kind of wait and see approach, uh, I think is, I hope, is just them keep um, milking kind of information. The only really reason I think they televise this is because uh, everyone's like, well, Xbox or Microsoft are being so transparent with everything and we know nothing like, Oh, let's give him something. Unfortunately, they went the wrong way about giving us something. So yeah, I think when it comes to potentially what Ash was hinting at, could be a thing. Like if they reveal PS3 backwards, PS2, PS1 backwards compatibility in this, that would have been a, a massive reveal. And if they're gonna announce that, it would probably be in the proper reveal event, where they're like, "Here's a feature. Here's a feature. Here's a feature." fucking backwards compatibility here's a feature here's a feature now i don't want to get people too excited because i think that that is a pipeline very slim chance dream solely because yeah, of the so ps3 I. factor i think you've got a lot higher chance of factor of them being like ps2 and ps1 games are playable in this fucker ps3 games we really f- shot ourselves in the foot with that fucking machine did we we cannot <laughs> get it to work with anything because <laughs> that's the problem the ps3 is just Fuck. Fuck PS3, PS3 <laughs> games. I only want PS1 and PS2 games. Listen, the P- the Blue Point game is every PS1, PS2, PS3 game. Maybe. <laughs> it's it's the PS3 everything. games collection. It's just like yeah. 60 games on one disc. You know, when we said we'll remaking our biggest project ever. And you know how we tease <laughs> like five PS3 different catalog. games in that tweet once. <laughs> yeah, we'll times that by 100. <laughs> it's all of them. It's all of the games. Blue Point games. PS2 games, yeah. PS1 games. Yeah, no, I, I, I really don't think the PS3 will get backwards compatibility. I think if they crack that, that would be a massive technological kind of achievement for them as a company. It would be like when they finally cracked the PSN network thing. I, I reckon they've got a small team potentially looking into it every now and then. I really don't think they have it at a high priority because I, it's a real struggle for them. And would it be high prioritized over other things i don't think so because although you see a lot of people online being like give us give us it's not a normal day advert to get new people to buy this box you know like it's not a stick it on the advert number one feature why do you want a next gen console because it plays ps3 games you know it doesn't it's not plays games from a decade ago yeah it's it's not (laughs) not worth it they may have people trying you know, because they probably had a small team working on the PSN thing for years before they finally got worked out how to go about that. So maybe they yeah. are trying to crack it, but yeah, I, I, I mean, for up. a machine this powerful, I can't imagine it would be impossible. It's just, it doesn't work. It's literally like, hey, 
you know how that saying there about oh the the, the just work do time what they do with the PS PS3. Just put an emulator in there. <laughs> it's like the kids playing with blocks and they're trying to put the square block into the round circle and it's just not yeah. working. It's like, come on, get in there. Pretty much. Just smash it hard enough and it'll work. They're gonna be like, yeah, we'll put the we'll put the PS3 chip in there. Um, it'll cost you an extra two hundred and fifty dollars. Is everyone willing to pay that? What? No, you're not willing listen, to pay that. <laughs> listen, you get a proprietary hard drive with the chip in it that you can sell separate. Go, yeah, go work it. You, you solved it, Ash. <laughs> <laughs> you solved it. Why haven't they hit me up, Sony? Yeah. Quick, edit this out of the podcast so that they don't take the idea. <laughs> take the ideas. I mean, as long as they just send three of them to us, that's fine. That's all the compensation we need. We need to call up and license this immediately. <laughs> uh, all right. Next one is putting the focus back on innovative audio. The PlayStation 5 aims to shine the spotlight back on audio tech after those sorts of developments fell through to the wayside during the PlayStation 4 generation, meaning that PlayStation... Meaning that what PlayStation calls its Tempest 3D audio tech takes center stage in Cerny's Finding New Dreams segment. Moving into a new generation, Cerny, Cerny says that the team wanted to ensure the PlayStation 5 offered quality audio for players no matter their speakers, support for hundreds of advanced sound sources, and sense of both pres- presence and locality. The entire system is based on data about how the human ear processes sound gathered by the PlayStation 5 team from dozens of individuals that head tray led what does hrtf sound for oh head head related transfer function right got it uh data is then used to create five different default hrtf settings at launch that allow players to configure their audio settings to best suit the way their own ears capture sound and create a 3d audio experience that works for any speaker or headphone setup i think this is my second favorite thing and my takeaway from the thing is the audio because i really appreciate uh, good audio as someone who listens and plays everything with, I literally have like in my room, like five or six pairs of fucking headphones and they all got their own use. You know, one's for my phone, one's for my PC, one's for my, when I'm watching movies, one's for when I'm playing games with a microphone, you know? So I cannot undervaluate sound. I hate watching anything with normal TV speakers. It drives me up the fucking wall. If, if my parents are watching a movie with normal TV speakers and, and they're like, this is fine, I'll walk out there and I'll be like, are you okay? Like, you've got a fucking surround sound system. Oh, yeah, I can't be bothered setting it up. I'll fucking slap you. Like, it's, it, it, it does my uh, head in. And I see it all the time <laughs> when people come into work and they buy 65, 75, U-Butte, Samsung, Panasonic, Sony, OLED, you know, OLED, quantum dot display some of the highest sense tvs you get and then they just don't get a sound bar it's like and they're cheap and sound, yeah. I, I do, but you don't understand you don't understand the speakers suck yeah in in general and not just for games but also movie tv music what is it i i definitely would say that sound is an undervalued underappreciated medium part of any sort of medium you know, people underappreciate it when they're watching movies. People underappreciate it when they're playing games, what have you. I definitely feel like games has the potential to get more people in and go, oh, this is great. Especially when you've got a million one kids playing Fortnite these days and they're like, oh, wow, if I had good headphones, I can hear the footsteps. You know, like if they can start from barely that being a, oh, yeah, that's way better than my TV speakers. <laughs> Who'd have thought? That's crazy. Um, let's start with this, this 3D audio stuff. So 3D audio, we've all used it. It's in your VR headset. That's 
That's the thing. Like it is a, it's not a brand new tech that's going to be coming to PlayStation 5 straight up. It is something that's currently being used in that. However, they're working to basically source and make a system that allows them to make fake 3D audio come out of your shitty TV speakers, make 3D audio come through your stereo uh, headphones, and so on and so forth. So how much, I, I, I guess I'd say, buddy, how much of a point of sale you know, like you, you're working in you're working in the store. And someone's like, "What is this audio thing? Is it really something that you think could help sell a console?" Because I would say no. <laughs> Look, hypothetically, buddy, if you worked in a retail that sold consoles, <laughs> do you think this would be an important feature that would help sell consoles? Uh, yeah. <laughs> absolutely, yes, to a certain demographic. And um, unfortunately, a lot of that demographic used to be, or is currently, uh, an Xbox or Microsoft demographic. I feel like there are a lot of like forty to 50-year-old or middle-aged type of uh, audio or um, cinephile that is having these home entertainment systems that have purchased Xbox Ones um, because they are a 4K disk drive and they've got an X and, you know, they're getting kind of like Dolby support and stuff like that. So I know that's one of the – one of my – if I worked at a shop, uh, one of my <laughs> hypothetical customers uh, is very important on that and then the sound system that he's kind of got set up. As a person myself with a $2,000 sound bar that is Dolby Atmos support, I'm very excited for it. Um, a bit disappointed that they didn't have Dolby Atmos uh, support. Of course, Mark Cerny was explaining why it didn't have Atmos um, support at the time and, and kind of what 3D audio can accomplish and, and the difference between there. They said they're going to do headphones at the start, which I think is a good move, especially for gamers. Um, like you were saying, you know, people playing Fortnite and all that kind of stuff. I don't know how much they're going to get out of explaining the awesomeness of 3D audio. I think even just surround or directional sound, people are pretty happy with that when it comes to like battle royale, that kind of market. But it's more so the that 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 other demographic that might kind of latch onto it and be the difference between um, that kind of market or target market kind of per, you know leaning towards the PlayStation 4 or oh, sorry PlayStation 5 or the or the Series X so I think yeah very important for that that market for sure that definitely exists but for the layman's um maybe not maybe they won't care maybe they don't even care about the power difference you know the people at the, when, at the start of the generation with the Xbox one wasn't as powerful enough it's only hitting 900p they want to play Halo and gears their friends have Xboxes you know big deal whatever so um yeah. some of it's, it's true when we some of when we talk about it, we're like oh this is so important this number that number whatever or it's just you, there's just so many people out there just don't care about mm-hmm. any of it and you've got to explain to it and find out what's important to them so for that 3D audio yeah for that that demographic I think it would be very important and the sooner they can integrate that into um, surround sound systems I think that should be their next target not um, normal TVs I'm very shocked just hearing them speak about them targeting a normal TV speaker. I was, I was like, well, how are you going to do that? And how long is that <laughs> going to take? Cause um, you should definitely prioritize that last because mm-hmm. the people that are going to buy this that have surround sound systems and, you know, rearfiring speakers and everything. That, that's, who, that's who you need to go after the people that are going to like use it as an entertainment hub as well as a gaming rig. So yeah, I, I definitely feel like targeting headphones first makes heaps of sense because then they also get to tie it in, like buy the gold headset, the PlayStation 5 gold headset and make use of the new audio features in your PS5, you know? It just lets platinum, them sell. Mate. you got to get the oh, platinum. platinum. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, they they get to like sell more of their own shit that way uh, easily. Ash, you're a big audio guy. <laughs> you wear headphones all the time. How do you feel about yeah. this? 
I mean, better audio, better. I mean, <laughs> as long as I don't have to upgrade my headphones, then I'm uh, I'm happy. You know. Have you played anything in VR that's like made use of three D audio that you know of? I don't think so. No, nothing's. So you've got own. the PlayStation Gold, right? Yep. Yeah, so you've got surround sound seven point one in yours. There is a one, like I said, the platinum headset that's above yours that also does Ooh. the three D audio support already. But I'm not really sure what you know games are already capable of that anyway. So mm. I think it, you have to play it to. I mean, to test it, you have to play something. Well, like moving around like a fucking I don't know Resident Evil horror games something. You, you yeah, know, and, and and Digital Foundry they kind of um went further into that and saying how they were impressed with that kind of the height HRTF was it, um and saying yes. that um H- the only yeah. real game that was kind of embracing or taking advantage of another good example of how that uh, is implemented into games right now is actually Hellblade. Yes. So. Yes. A hundred percent. Yeah. 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 And that's 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 a, a very good example. Hey, if, if if anyone's played Hellblade and you've, I mean, you can play Hellblade with just with stereo headphones and be like, oh, it's creepy how these two voices are coming from here, here, here. But then it's like, imagine that the sound engineers and everyone then gets open that up and they're like, one of the voices comes from here, one of the voices comes from like ninety degrees here, ninety degrees behind you, you know, one hundred seventy-five degrees over here. Like you get a full spectrum. Um, open up, not mm. just like left ear, right ear, s- s- uh, fake behind you. Because even with, when it does, um, when you do fake surround sound, when they do it, <clears throat> it makes it sound like it's from from behind you. There's no spectrum from to behind you. It's just behind you. You know, there's not like behind you mm. over here to the left side or whatever. It's it, it doesn't have the the full sort of range. And I definitely feel like it'll be one of those things that people may be for a long time be confused about what what's good for it and what's not good for it but it only takes one game where people like play this game with these headphones on and you'll really get an understanding of what this is doing for games going forward and a hundred percent it's going to be horror game it's going to be a horror game it's (laughs) that's the easiest genre to pull off creepy sound effects and stuff uh, by hideka jim yeah well if those that's right yeah those rumors turn out um true as someone with an Atmos speaker, like watching it, I was like, oh, they don't have Atmos support. It's not talking about Atmos. But when he was explaining like the 3D audio reaching to like, a, I think a hundred sounds it was. And then, you know, the Dolby Atmos as, a, as an equivalent was uh, supposed to have like 20 or 24. I was like, okay, cool. Um, he was kind of yeah. from like a technical standpoint, listening to him is really putting my mind at ease as that kind of sound discussion went on a bit further. So, so Sony said that it's capped, uh, he said they will not be using Dolby because it's capped at 32 objects. However, Dolby published uh, published after that saying, um, as a technology, Dolby Atmos can support hundreds of simultaneous objects. That being said, we fall back on the sage advice from developers of some of the first Atmos games. Objects are a fantastic tool, but restraint should be shown with respect to number of objects active at any one time. Too many objects in motion can create a confusing soundscape. Developers have also told us that avoiding the horizontal bed for an all object mix is unnecessarily time consuming and labor intensive effort. So far, developers are creating next generation mixes by blending bed audio and object audio. More is good, but more may not necessarily be better. Um, So more or less saying that, you know, you could have a hundred and whatever 102 object sources 
that that's going to mean more work for your sound designers, sound engineers, more work on developers, and it may not even be worth it because most people probably aren't going to hear it anyway. Blah 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 blah. You know, so less is better. Uh, despite Dolby came in and said, we are thrilled that Sony is d- dedicated to using 3D audio in its new console. Uh, audio teams will, will rejoice that they have a powerful 3D audio platform to deliver their craft on PS5. We're excited to hear that Sony has committed to an evolution of its audio by establishing a bona fide, bona fide 3D audio platform for PS5. So Dolby's like, cool, bro. We're on Xbox. We don't really care. That's how I read it anyway. Because yeah, <laughs> I'm really, I'm really like, okay, now that I've, you know, going to get a PS5 and it's going to be a 4K disc drive. Am I going to play 4K movies? And are those 4K movies uh, only going to have Dolby Atmos support? Am I going to miss out on having a, a console that's only 3D uh, surround sound capable? Because um, that's another uh, another factor as well for that other demographic. And even for myself, it's like, well, couldn't you have Dolby Atmos support and 3D audio? Like, what is the cost difference? Was it as expensive to make that? How much did you do that? And uh, with movies and stuff, is that something that you're going to be sacrificing? Because I don't, I don't want to um that to be a sacrifice when I'm watching 4K discs. I'm gonna be honest. I'm fully expecting that come next generation, PS5 is going to have a 4K Blu-ray player, and I'm still going to be playing on my 4K discs on my Xbox Series X solely because of the Dolby Dolby factor and whatever else, probably. Because I think that's exactly what they're going to do. It, I don't think there's any world in which they're like, we will not license and use Atmos for games on our console, but we will play and get a license to enable 4K Blu-rays to work on this because that kind of seems yeah. antithetical to what they're trying to do by having their own audio thing. Um, so that does mean that, yes, for cinephiles, moviegoers who care about this thing, um, and it's something that you've thought about and I've thought about too, obviously pretty early straight away from these facts. It does mean that I think Xbox is going to win as the box to buy. If you are a mediocre, you know, sometimes game, but mostly just wanted as a 4k player, Xbox has already kind of won by having the Dolby stuff. And I think it's, it's a massive misstep and a massive mistake. I mean, Sony's pretty much... Maybe they just don't care because they're like, well, we survived this whole generation without having 4K player. We're just a gaming machine. Fuck it. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Who knows? They might come out $100 cheaper um, and just blow away the other console. Maybe people care about the price more so and that's a a factor that gets the price down. Yeah. I think think you guys are very minuscule part of the market though, to be completely honest. 98% of the people watch their movies through streaming services. They're going to be fine with any audio they get given. If I hypothetically worked at a retailer that sold consoles that hypothetically (laughs) spoke to customers that care about these things, I may agree with you, Ash, but uh, (laughs) I see them every day. Uh Yes, I I don't think the market's... I don't think it's 98%. I think there's a bigger market um, for it than you think. And to instantly miss out on, uh, you know, a 15 to 20, maybe a 25% market share of, of that that factor it's why would you instant loss like it's willing to write those off i i yeah because if you're talking about the the gamer quotation marks they don't care about this right and i mean the gamer that watches the avengers movies and whatever else you know that they're not cinephile movie going type people they're watching dvds yeah they're probably still watching dvds fuck if they're like what's the difference (laughs) don't give a fuck about this shit yeah they watch their dvds but then they care about 4k games and whatever else for some reason 
solely talking about the the market of people who want to watch the movies all the time and then they want to be able to play Call of Duty with their friends on the weekend or NBA or whatever, you know, that sort of character. And there's a lot of them, I think, a lot more than probably we think because we're more in the game space and like most of our friends and groups of friends are like more in the game side. And I don't know people like that apart from um, friend groups I used to have and that's a lot of them. Lots of them sort of like that, you know? It's no different than when I buy my TV, right? Does this shit do Dolby or does this shit do... Uh, like, what HDR functions am I getting, you know? No one probably thinks about that when buying TVs, though, because they just think HDR is HDR. There is not HDR, HDR. Mm. There are several types of HDR. Which type of HDR does your TV play at home? If your answer is, I have no that's idea, right. that's my point. You have no fucking <laughs> clue. Do you? Yeah, you want the you want the common one that's uh, compatible with most things. I think it's that it's that HDR ten. HDR ten is the the one that's on most four K Blu rays or t- uh, ten plus or whatever it is. <laughs> yes, yeah. Amazon uses one. Amazon Prime, for example, and Netflix uses yep. a different one. You know. Yep. So even in the streaming services where everyone's watching stuff, example, there are still these little micro differences, and they use different audio. Put you like this, Ash. 66% of the people on this podcast care about Atmos and whether it's in, <laughs> in the consoles. <laughs> That's true. I mean, Sony could still find like a workaround, maybe. I hope so. <laughs> Let's hope so. Yeah. Um, uh, the last thing that they put at the end here for is the. F- no, we need to mention. I already mentioned. I was about to say I forgot to mention, but I did mention SSDs, you'll be able to buy your own. Cool. Good for go. Do all that. Um, Cool. Just Last- touching on that quickly, mm. um, they said that you know by the time the PlayStation Five comes out, there won't be um, proprietary SSDs, um, not or non-proprietary SSDs on the market that aren't powerful enough, and that the kind of future proofing and time will come, and they'll give us recommendations. Um, I really felt a little bit of Wild Wild West, uh, Sony kind of giving that part of the talk. Um, I really would have loved, or really hoping that they also have their own proprietary. Uh, SSD that you can get on day one, kind of like what I, Xbox is doing, so that if you do want to do that day one, especially with the 825 gigabyte hard drive, yeah. some people are a bit stressed about that. We don't know what the game size is going to be. At least you have that peace of mind. Okay, cool. You get the Sony one, bang, it fits in the Sony it's slot. And well. then the other ones mm-hmm. follow on from that down the line. I wouldn't be surprised if they did that. And I would expect well, people... They, to- have the pa- they have the pattern for it already. Um, for a, dev- a device that looks very similar to the Xbox's proprietary card. So they've had that for some time now. So, Yeah. I mean, I didn't think it was that big of a deal personally because I'm ha- I'm going to get my console and then I don't expect to be worrying about size and space for at least 6 to 12 months, probably. Mm. I didn't expand my hard drive in my original PlayStation for until about 6 to 12 months later. And since then, I've expanded it heaps <laughs> and whatever else, you know. But day one, I had a it was fine. gig until two years ago. <laughs> yeah, you're fucking mad. I, no, I, I, I went like six months and I, I upgraded it. But, um, and most people probably, people who are able to just delete games where they're done with them, this is not going to be an, an, an issue probably. And also when it comes to like, oh, but Dylan, next generation, will we be using more space? We're going to have this 825, let's say 800 gigabyte thing is because by the time you get OS on there and whatever else yeah. take up size, let's just say it's 800 gigabytes. 800 gigabytes, you should probably be fine. The game files uh, will probably be like 100 gigabyte plus for some of the big games or what have you. Maybe. Yeah. 
but mm. they also might be a lot less because they're talking about the whole patch thing. It doesn't have to like use as much file saves space. It's really hard to calculate how big games will be when they're changing so much about how they save and can do yeah. the data. Like they might actually be smaller, but bigger. <laughs> I think Horizon Zero Dawn from memory um, is like 40 gig. Spider-Man at the moment is, I think that's 50 or 55 gig. Totally guessing from just looking at the back of the packaging, you know, a yeah. while ago. It's only the um, crazy. But I don't think they're super massive. No. Yeah, only uh, the crazy inter- graphics intensive games like Red Dead and Modern Warfare. They're yeah. huge. But they're like two discs yeah. and whatever the fuck else is, is going on. But plus, those, all these games you're giving these example, end of generation. Yeah, you know. Yes. So I think no one should be worried about. Also, the difference the one, ones Buddy mentioned were first party games, whereas these were third party true. games. True. So true. That's true. Yeah. Um. All right. So last thing I want to do is go over here and say what what do we think is happening? It's been a while. We're past the point of no return, kind of. We're, we're we're basically at the end of March. What the fuck is Sony doing? When are we actually going to get information? And how are we going to get the information? Because I'll go first and say that. I'm going to change my complete answer and say that it's a state of play now. Um, given coronavirus, given we're past the point where we thought it was going to give a thing, but mostly coronavirus, I think. I, I, I think there was a possibility that maybe they were going to do their normal event, invite press, do a stage show, live stream stage show, do all that. And for all we know, what's happening in the world right now could have fucked that, right? So I think we're going to get a state of play. And I think if anyone from Sony is watching and they're looking for ideas of how to present and show off your new console in a way that's both informative and fun, just go watch the Switch reveal event. Because although I didn't like the idea of the Switch when it was revealed, I think that event was a good way of showing off a console. It was a normal direct. It was cut together well. It showed you the features. It had some corny stuff like carrying out on a fucking desk, bringing out the console to everyone to come play. You know, you got some memes out of that. It had developers in there talking about how much they love the console. It it was cut together, showed you everything you needed to know, got you excited because you'd see like people, developers you like being like, I'm really excited because of this feature. You're like, oh, they're excited. I must be excited. You know, so State of Play did something similar. I think that's probably the way to go for it now. They come out, you got Neil Druckmann, I'm really excited because of this feature, Last of Us 2, can't wait. Even when you played Last of Us 2, uh, free backwards compatibility is going to look so much better because it's, it's one of the games that are actually going to be up day one, whatever, you know. Here's the controller. I had someone talk about the controller, cut it all together. And I would say, get my, I don't know, fishing rod, my fucking javelin pole here, something ready. Gonna stick, gonna stick a date. So we're, we're, obviously March is over unless I announce something right as we're done recording which part this is all hilarious now this this will be back to, to <laughs> now that I've said that yeah it's to be funny when we've uh, re-recorded later on earlier this evening and uh, it's the, what you just listened to before is the, after this has been edited back in yeah <laughs> April 16th for that state of play for that state of play. Now, release date and price. Release date, price, box, uh, games, all of it. I think all of it. I think if it's a state of play, it's very easy to do all of it in an edited production value type way with no talking person. Like just the voice, just the Siri voice or someone better. I don't know. Ash. 
I think the state of the world impacts this dramatically. I don't think the reveal is till like October. What? Yeah. They're going to wait till what? everything kind of settles down before they announce. It's supposed to come out plans. in October, motherfucker. <laughs> I think it's getting delayed till like March next year. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, my name is Mark Cerny, and the PlayStation 5 is out, bitches! It's out tomorrow! Yeah, all those boxes in your stores out the back, they got PS5s in them! <laughs> they said toilet paper. No, they can't say toilet paper. They'll get stolen. That was going to be a joke, but that really people would steal toilet paper. <laughs> it's fine. It's just gluten-free bread. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it still won't sell. <laughs> but no, yeah, I think, I think they're going to push it because they know... Uh, obviously, we've just had dramatic job cuts across the, every single industry. Um, nobody's going to have the money to spend, so they might as well push it back. I think so, yeah, your- my guess is October 15th, released March next year. I hope I'm wrong, but like that's what my gut's telling me. You need to go to the doctor to check that gut because that shit <laughs> Maybe. wrong. I don't boy. think that's one of the symptoms. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's one of the symptoms. Now it is confirmed. Um, buddy, what do you reckon? <laughs> Pick a date. Pick some features. What are they doing? State of play? Not state of play, buddy. I think it will be a state of play. Um, I think it will be sometime in May after they said, you'll hear about more of the PS5 in the coming months. Um, I think it will be in May. Knowing Sony, they'll probably put it on the same day as they release Iron Man VR and bury one of their first-party titles like <laughs> they usually do. Um, I think we'll finally get a look at the console. We will get um, some games shown and a release date. We will not get a price. We possibly might not get a release date. Still the window because of the, uh, the kind of the uncertainty that's happening in the world right now. But we'd, I reckon we do not get a price until Xbox goes first. So they'll they'll give us something more with a state of play or a presentation. Like, oh, here's here's uh here's the con- what the console looks like. Here's the controller. Um, and here's all the games coming out. We'll have even more information soon. And then they'll wait for e three, you know, Microsoft's presentation where they go, here's the price, here's the release date, here's our games, and then PlayStation will be like, oh, here's our price. Bang, cheaper, boom. Here's the trade games. Here's how you trade games on the PS Five. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we filmed that. Sorry. They'll do another. How do we? Tra- how here's how we trade games. How do you share games be, yeah. Here's how we trade prices backstage. At Can I please have the PS5? Hands over four, four, four. You know, four one hundred dollar bills. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. I think that um they don't want to be undercut, especially um in the kind of the, that you know the consumer's eyes that oh teraflops equals power and it's the most important thing and they're getting outpowered right now so they can't at all risk um saying oh here's our price and then having xbox be the same price i think it is possibly too late in their kind of you know crunching the numbers with cost production you know economies of scale all that kind of things and all the other factors to for their prices to be able to be adjusted right now um so i sony i'm guessing would be like well we're probably not going to be more expensive than X five Xbox Series X. Fuck, what a stupid name! And um, but we might be cheaper, so <laughs> let's just wait. We're either going to be the same price, or we're going to be cheaper. Maybe we should w- wait for that factor because they don't want to come out and be, you know, kind of undercut. Kind of that E three moment where three nine nine, and then, you know, everyone's like, oh wow, and, and you don't have to get a Connect forced onto you. So, um, but I, I reckon we'll get something in May. Just nothing 
price-wise. I, I think they're Sony and, and kind of a couple of the interviews that were done earlier on in the year about, you know, waiting on Xbox and not having a real and kind of wait to see what the other is doing. I think that's um, going to come to fruition. And even now, if you think back to uh, some of the other interviews where they were like, well, we wait and see what our competitor does. They kind of did that with the PS4. It just lined up on the same day anyway. So maybe it is the same strategy. It's just going to get stretched out a little bit longer now because of, you know, these events getting canceled and everything. Hmm. I I definitely feel this. The main reason I'm nowhere near thinking like Ash is because we know Xbox is doing that event in June, around E3 time, whatever date that is. And that is going to be Xbox Series... It's weird because it's called the Xbox Series X, but it's called that because the console is called like the Xbox. They've said that. The the console is called the Xbox. or The Series X version. Yeah, and it's the Series X version. Anyway fucking doing my head in as well so they're going to be revealing that and other series consoles i guess i don't know <laughs> at the thing series so, y series y console yeah so we know they're doing something series ps i cannot imagine a world in which xbox releases a console in october november what have you and sony is only announcing theirs the same time that <clears throat> xbox is releasing theirs they're dead they've lost the war the console, gen- the console war is over. They're not Nintendo. No. They cannot so do that. Kids, save no. your Christmas money. No. Come no. March. The only company that can get away with releasing... <laughs> the only company <laughs> can get away with releasing their consoles whenever they want is Nintendo because they don't play with Xbox and PlayStation. They're in their own fucking world and they do not give two shits. They've got their own fan base and their fan base gives two shits either. Xbox and Sony are tired. They have to release consoles at roughly the same time. They have to announce information around the same time. They have to constantly play off one, <laughs> each, one another. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not sick. It's just uh, one of those jokes where you cough to make the thing. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but the other thing is I don't actually think that cheaper Xbox is coming this year and day and date. I don't think we'll hear about anything. I'm, I reckon they might pivot because of... Um, the, the problem with distribution at the moment. And if I'm Xbox or sorry, I keep calling them Xbox. If I'm Microsoft, I don't want to waste all my, you know, custom AMD chips or any of kind of the, the parts that I'm sourcing from China in this console that's going to sell for a less amount. Let's just put it in the beefy version. The people that want to, will, that will want to buy it, we'll just buy it. And then we'll bring out the cheaper version later. Kind of. Um, what if the X is the cheaper version? Well, damn! There you go. Let me throw a spanner in the works for you. I mean, I can't wait for the twenty-five teraflop beast <laughs> of the Xbox Series Z, Series XXX. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the XX, X. Yeah, the sex box. Yeah, that's for sure. It's funny because uh, internally, that's the uh, we we haven't got the acronym yet for what our um games are going to be called yeah, uh, at the moment. Xbox One games are X B O N E. XB1, so X-Bone. Yeah. So I'm always looking for X-Bone. I wonder, I'm pretty sure it's going to be uh, something pretty funny to look at. Yeah, it's the sex box. Sex box. That's right. Got him. <laughs> um, any other random PS5 thoughts or whatever? I know we've spent an hour on it, so we should have everything, but in case anyone's <laughs> thought of <laughs> anyone's thought of anything? No? Cool. Moving on. I'm particularly no? hoping that they are holding back and that they're still having that strategy um, with whether it's features, backwards compa- compatibility, um, mm-hmm. a rebranded PS Now or something. This is just kind of all pipe dreams in my mm-hmm. head. Um, I just can't see them just 
going the same route. Like here's the specs, here's our specs, here's your thing, here's your thing. Like like for like, there needs to be they need to have something up their sleeve. I think. I, I mean, that for sure, and I definitely feel that. I think the other thing to take into note, and why I think a state of player would be good for them to do, to to do a reveal for this now, it would then kind of set the standard as them a hundred percent committed to that being the way that they give information. And if they do a state of play reveal, I feel like they would be able to do feature reveals and whatever else, just a lot more cleaner and smoother than an onstage Mark Cerny fucking presentation, you know? And we have not had a state of play all year, you know? That's another thing. There hasn't been one for basically four months we're about to be. So if the first state of play they do for 2020 is PS5 reveal that then sets the standard for the how PlayStation's handling their information going forward, and it will be the same as Nintendo, which is that we are doing <laughs> uh, these live what do you call live stream event type things now. So yeah, I really feel that they had to do that state of play before they did this specs drop, and maybe the timing of the world events and everything just didn't pan out that way. Um, Unless they know they have, you know, one more thing in their presentation that's going to kind of blow people away. And let's just get out of this stuff. It doesn't matter in the weeds and if people get upset with this because they'll forget about that later. Yeah. I definitely feel like the world events have affected everything and and we won't know how or why or what differences because that's all going to be kept in company, obviously. But I also yeah. think that if if, like most people in the world, around the world, most people were like, oh, cool, maybe this will blow over in a week. Maybe this will blow over in two weeks. And I feel like PlayStation as a company maybe have was doing the same thing because that's what the information their government was giving them. You know, like this is a thing not to I don't, I don't <laughs> think they were that kind of company. Uh, Japanese, conservative. I think Possibly. they're one of the... They're probably one of the few companies that were like, cool, this is going to fuck us for a while. Everybody stop everything for a long time. Because I really feel like like even just on world events now, looking at Japan and China and, and kind of how they've treated things and how they're, you know, to a point recovering now. It was happening there first, but um, they're recovering and, and they can kind of be an example of, oh, okay, maybe things are getting better now. I think they're just kind of the nature of the government and uh, kind of their values and, you know, Western mm. versus Eastern stuff might be a bit more... Um, in tune with uh, being a bit more conservative and, and that kind of approach. So. I feel like that's why they would have moved any potential reveals straight away or, or have not done anything for like a month, basically. But I I yeah. don't think that would stop them from doing anything for like another four months or whatever. Because I feel like mm. most companies would be starting to realize now that we can't sit here and not do stuff. Our company will be losing. We will be shitting money out of our ass like we'll put ourselves so far behind our schedules if we don't do anything so I, I understand what you're saying but i feel like there's a line at same point you know and maybe their thing was like everyone go home playstation's off for basically the whole of march you know through to uh, early april type thing and they're all like let's go japan's like on lockdown chill we're not fucking worrying about any playstation shit at the moment right japan playstation's what, nothing going on but then there has to be a stage where they come in they're like well look this shit is going to be around for the rest of the year the world's going to eventually calm down hopefully that's the plan anyway but it's still going to be around right but we're, we're going to get out of the hot zone that the world's in now is is the plan so i feel like companies have to look at that and go well do we put off doing stuff until this thing's like proper gone gone which is a year from now if if if, 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 if 
we're waiting that long or do we just go we're just waiting out the hot zone period i feel like waiting out the hot zone period is what every company is kind of doing and then you just have to go back to trying to make money like <laughs> some companies have a choice and some companies don't and with playstation with the ps5 they probably just can wait because it's that far ahead people that are yeah. trying to make money now and businesses that need to be <laughs> open and stuff they don't have a oh, choice yeah. they need things to happen so that's true i guess i guess i just i really do feel like if they they miss the xbox date i just think they that that'd be a big loss like media wise and whatever know. else so i no feel like they're between a rock and a hard place it. it's only going to be rich people and people with sponsored posts who are going to have xbox series x's <laughs> I ran out of toilet paper. I've now got the Xbox Series X to wipe my ass with. Oh, <laughs> you peasants. Look at you down there. I sold. Once I tw- used all the batteries, then I can use. Th- I sold three, <laughs> three things of fucking toilet paper. Could afford a PlayStation 5. Just took a roll in. They walk out on stage. PlayStation 5. DualShock 5. Wipe your ass. Still can charge with a cable. Doesn't have double A batteries. Controller drop. <laughs> Price is. 123 rolls of toilet paper. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk about a couple games. Uh, Firstly, I want to talk about moving out. So this is from Melbourne-based studio. It's basically a overcooked, inspired... I was about to say Overwatch, 100%. I'll just admit it. I was about to say Overwatch for some reason. Overcooked. Oh, a a, a wild Kieran appears. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> overcooked inspired um multiplayer ca- couch multiplayer it does not have online co-op unfortunately uh buddy you played all four episodes i quickly played the first two before recording so i could have uh th- thoughts and like hear what you got to say about it but you're obviously the super overcooked manic fan what are your oh. thoughts on moving out Love it. Um, so SMG Studio, they did Death Squared, which is another kind of uh, four-player cooperative, puzzly type work-together game. Um, that was fantastic as well. Moving Out is so good, and um, it's everything that I really wanted it to be. And I was very surprised that they gave us the tutorial and three complete levels um, in, the in the demo. I think that's very, very generous. Um First things that I love, I, of course, only played it on my own because um, no one in my household plays games and uh, it, it's only co-op, not online co-op, which is another downfall, um, I guess, specifically for like, people like you, Dylan, and um, even for myself, I'd love to play with and others. Just the I think way Overcooked of the world two, at the moment. Sorry? Just the way of the world at the moment. Everybody's got to stay in yeah, the half Yeah, that's true. That's so right. it's a, bit, a little bit different. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, it was fantastic. Um, I love anything that's kind of, you know, you, where you're going after, you know, three starring levels and having objectives. And, um, the cool thing about finishing each level with, uh, grabbing all the furniture, um, it gives you three other kind of bonus objectives that you can go back in and, uh, try and accomplish in each level. So there's, um, a fair decent amount of replay- replayability there. Um, it just, it just plays fantastically. I don't know. I really know what else to, to say. Um, I think it's, there's really a lot of fantastic sense of humor in there with, um, some of the cutscenes and the characters. Uh, and the, the fact that, you know, you're throwing objects to try through windows to try and get into the moving trucks and dragging things and destroying whole houses, uh, moving objects out. It's just kind of taking that kind of uh, the piss take on, uh, whether removalists are actually just throwing your junk around and not doing safe, um, the whole premise of the game. It's yeah, it's it's fun. The art style is good. The gameplay is great. Um, 
yeah, it's definitely one to look out for on uh, April 28th. Be one of my favorite games of the year. I can sense it. Probably. I can feel it. Yeah, I could sense it for you playing it. Um, <laughs> so I, I liked it. However, I probably won't pick it up solely because I probably won't have... I won't get out of it what I want out of it playing it by myself. Like, it was fine playing it by myself but the entire time i'm playing it i'm like yeah this would be so much fun or this wouldn't like, i could tell like i'm like it works by myself but also i'm not gonna have fun as much as i could playing this by myself and i may get bored of it and i may just get frustrated with it and i'm it's it's whatever but I'm trying to like think about it if i was playing with people this is 100 percent got the exact same uh yelling at your friends telling them that they're doing something wrong and like yelling at them on the, the couch next to you co-op experience it overcooked uh going for it because My it is favorite. just yeah yeah it's just ri- kind of ridiculous and i can i can really see is that the levels would get harder how more intense and silly it would kind of get because the first level is pretty chill it's like there's a house and they're like there's a truck next to it and the c- controls are all simple you know it's like walk in the door press r2 grab something you can walk it out the door again, take it up to the truck, truck, drop it. Or you can pick up the TV or whatever inside, chuck it out the window, smash the window into the truck because that's fine. Because that's another thing I quickly rise with this game. You're packing up the house and you're also definitely destroying it at the same time for some fucking reason. You break all these windows on your way out, fucking smashing doors as you walk through and whatever else. Um, but like the core systems uh, seem solid, but they also just seem like you could easily get frustrated with someone else like potentially like you have two people and you're like help me pick up this couch help me pick this couch and you quickly obviously everything's on timer so you want to get the high scores and you're trying to go out the couch but then just like in real life someone they attempt to go out the wrong way or they like move and next second the couch gets stuck <laughs> trying to go out you know sort of thing like this and you're like fuck's sake then you have to like come back in and like re-angle your characters to attempt to go out because even myself like dragging this chair or something out in the first level um like I, I brought it out and i tried to like turn too quickly and it kind of got stuck and i was like fuck's sake and i'm like trying to press x to jump you can jump in this game that was another thing um trying to do that to wiggle myself i'm like fuck's sake so then i like ran i dropped it there and i had to go run all the way around smash another window pull it back a little bit then get behind it and like pull it out straight and then once i got it out oh i'm good because kind of like real life i guess yeah, real life physics um pulling stuff is easy and you can you get a sort of momentum your character gets with it like if you you, you go too fast and they'll sign it you go around a the corner they'll kind of like swing really hard so, so, sort of thing like that mm. but you can't like push stuff like you can't be like i'll oh, push this over here or whatever else although a lot of that stuff i was doing i think if there's two people there then that's where you're able to both grab one side of it and carry yeah, it that get way better leverage get better leverage and i did wonder like if you have two people can you potentially pick up heavy objects and then both throw them or not can you yeah you you can so you can throw couches and stuff if you've got multiple players um and bigger items so that window in the first level next to the truck is big enough to get like a couch or that bed through um but obviously i couldn't test that out with um only playing it by myself but um i think you have to press and release at the same time so then there's another level of coordination Uh, coordination. of like uh throw now you know three two one throw Mm. or something like that yeah but that's just another example of why this game is like I, I appreciate that these games include single player modes, but they really do just feel like a just so they're thing. there. But this isn't how you should play the game at all. Like it's no. not going to be as much fun, and 
Not going to get all the It'll features. It'll be like Overcooked for me. I'm playing it on my own. I'm trying to three-star everything on my own, and I've played a bit of it. And then my friends will come over, you know, touch wood if we're still in a situation. Where you can have friends over. We'll get out of this situation. <laughs> um, before we, ha- you know, we have some drinks before we head out, and then we start again, and I teach them how to play the game, and then I just yell at them. Um, and well, why aren't we doing <laughs> why aren't we doing better? So the one this is um I'll say the one saving grace. This is a PlayStation podcast, but you get this on Steam, I can play it with yeah. people. That is the one thing I'll mention for, for people in case they don't know, and they're like, this sounds great. But I too, Dylan, don't really have friends I can play couch co-op with. Steam now has a feature, because me and Kieran did it for a uh non nom apocalypse, which we co-reviewed on explosion.com last week, uh, a couple weeks ago. That Steam feature does work, um, not like it had a little bit, depending on the internet connection, it has issues there, or whatever else. And I would just like to say, Steam's implemented that to their service. You want a PS5 feature that I suddenly want to have added mm. since having tested and used this Steam thing? If the PS5 could have a similar function added, that would be fucking amazing. I don't know how hard it would be to implement or what the fuck the go is there. I don't know how it would work. It probably is completely impossible because basically how the... It works on Steam is that it tricks it. So it like it literally thinks you're sharing a keyboard or a mouse or something. So like in the game Will's playing, if he was in real life and he was playing split co-op, one person was kind of on one person was on the controller, so like Xbox controller plugged into your PC, and then the other person had to be on the mouse and keyboard. So even when me and Kieran tried to both plug in our own Xbox controllers to play, the game was like, no, this can't work because you're on one PC and there's only one Xbox controller plugged into it. There's not two. So yeah, I don't know if that would work with a PlayStation, but it's a fucking great feature that I'd love to see come to next generation consoles because it literally solves one of my most hated things, which is that I go to PAX or wherever. I see all these great couch co-op games. I'm like, fuck, this is great. Boomerang, Foo, and whatever else over the last couple of years. I'm like, oh, I'd love to play all this shit. Can't. Can't play it. I can play it single player. Look, I'll get not gonna lie, you said keyboard and mouse, and I zoned out for a bit. <laughs> Easy words to. Well, I'm about to give you another couple words to fucking zone out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so obviously, last week I, t- I talked about my. I only played Persona Five for like a couple hours or whatever. Persona Five Royal for a couple hours. Point. I'm now seventy hours in. Um, I've, Can I just so before you before you start? Yeah. Can I just get onto a podcast where we don't speak about the sign of the for Christ? Can we please just? just is there uh, any other podcast? <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yeah, you should have come the last hundred and. I don't know. Most episodes we're not talking about Persona. Hey? Um, I, I won't spend too long on it. All I want to say is that I'll talk. I'll give my little bit more thoughts now, and then you can read my review because it'll be up late, later in the week or something, probably. Because I'm pretty sure I'm getting close to finishing it. Well, I fucking hope I'm getting close to finishing it. What? How are you shaking your head? You don't know where no, I'm up I, to? I can't believe. Why? Because most people don't finish the game till like 100 plus hours. And then, uh, and this game is yeah. extended. So I 100% speed run. I 100% spared the first two dungeons, basically. Because it was all pretty much the same from the first game. So like all, I'm, I'm willing to admit, and right. I don't give two fucks, that all of the conversations that I could remember that were the exact same in the, first, the original game, I just... Pretty much we're like, I just sped bread them. I was like, yep, I know all this, whatever. Cool. Get me up to where I stopped playing the game. Wow. Or, and I only stopped where there was new conversations. I don't care. Anyway, so I've been speed running this sucker. I played the game for like 14 hours yesterday. It was great. Didn't leave the room. Anyway, (laughs) putting in my time. Got to get it done so I can move on with my fucking life. (laughs) Still 
my head in. Um, I can say more now, though. I just want to focus on, sh- do you, should you care about Persona 5 Royal if you've played Persona 5? I would say maybe depending on how much you like the game. If you played Persona 5 and you're like, oh, it was fine, but I'm not like super fussed about it. Although there's lots of new stuff in Royal, most of it comes in the later half of the game. Uh, the majority of it. That's when all these new characters start showing up that weren't in the original game. That's when the, the, the new character, Kasumi, which is the one that they had in old trailers, this redhead chick, she shows up, as I said last week, for like a hot second at the start of the game, and then you won't see her for ages again, and then when she does finally show up, you speak to her for like one conversation, and then you don't see her again for like fucking five more hours. So it's really, it's really weird to market a game with a new character, like front center, in all the trailers kind of thing, like buy the game for this character. When they revealed the game, it was with her in the trailer. I still have barely got to see or like interact with her at at all, which means that I'm pretty sure all of her content is basically going to be in the section they've added after when the game usually ends, because the game ends in December or whatever. Um, And now they're going to have all this stuff in January. So it's, it's basically like (laughs) you have to play a hundred hours or fucking like probably 80 by the time I'm done with it. Like, cause I, uh, I'm naughty and I skipped conversations, boo hoo, um, to, to get to this content. I will say that I'm really enjoying the game though. Um, one boss sucks fucking ass. And I looked up to see if it was the same from the original game. Cause it was one I never did. Um, it's the same in both this and that. And if I was writing a review for the original, I would have said the same thing. This boss is the only one that pissed me off. It's poorly designed. It's poorly designed in this one. And I don't understand why they didn't change it when I've looked up other bosses from the original and they have changed them. They've changed them for the better, even though they weren't shit bosses. But the one boss in the whole game who's just like, let me give you a fucking bunch of goons to fight that are based on, you got to use the right spell against them. And it's fucking some robot motherfucker. Get the hell out of here. I hate you. Bullshit. Get the fuck. Um, Get good. Yeah. I think you should actually do a video on it and um, about having more accessibility options and that games don't always have to be hard. I think um, that'd be an innovative video for it. I don't think you've done one like that before. No, no. Um, I, I, I looked up. Yeah, I was no. like, can I put this shit on the easiest difficulty just to get past this boss fight? Because I, I don't want to get stuck here for hours. Piss me off. I like scroll to where it says safe. That was the easiest difficulty or whatever. It's like, oh, if you turn this on, you won't be able to turn it back to normal difficulty because it changes the game <clears> drastically. I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake. So then... Yeah, anyway, that, that's that's my um, one Persona rant there, I guess. Um, otherwise, trophy-wise, I want to say, I've got like 75% of the trophies, and I think I will platinum this. Because this game's, wow. plat- this game's platinum is easy, and mm. way easier than Persona 5's normal uh, stuff. And for people who've played the game, this will make more sense to you. But So in the original one, one of the harsh trophies was basically had to have your character say 200 unique lines, which meant like interacting with certain... Uh, enemy encounters and like using right spells so they'll, tr- they'll trigger this character to say these certain lines and this stuff trophy's gone there was another trophy about maxing out all your confidants in the game which meant you basically had to follow a walkthrough so you could do everything right on every single day because persona is about really a super stressful game about what you should do every day to maximize the the time you have with people and you had to follow a guide to get that more or less that this game doesn't have that trophy at all the only one that has about maxing out anything is your stats for knowledge um and uh, all those sorts of things those five stats there which is easier to get now because in the original game you would all the time you'd get home at night and morgana would be like oh it's time to go to sleep and you'd be like this fucking cat 
shut the fuck up. I want to go study. I want to read a book. I want to fucking play a video <laughs> game. I want to watch a fucking DVD. I brought this fucking DVD player. I can never use it. In this game, they'll stop that. You can now do stuff all the time, which means I read like half the books halfway through the game already, um, which was super impossible in the original. So my stats were maxed out like three quarters of the way through the game, I think. I, I got that done. That trophy's done. Um, the only ones I have left... Are, if you get this trophy before Dash, I'm going to be very upset. Anyway. I, I'm going to tell you now. I'll put it out there. I'm going to platinum this game before him, for sure. He doesn't have it in him. He, I've been playing no. the game. Even if he does, you've got no proof, so... <laughs> it's true. I'm going to get this platinum. I'm fucking committed because it looks easy. It really does look easy. I looked up what I... Only ha, only trophies I have left are the last couple of palaces I've got to do. So beat the game. There's one for literally just beating the game. That's a gold or whatever. Cool. Ready to go. There's another one for beating a really hard enemy, the um, Reaper or whatever. Oh, super yeah. hard enemy. And that may be a bit of a challenge, but I mean, I'll go There's for it when... guides I, and stuff. Yeah, I'll follow a guide. Or whatever. I'll look up how to beat it. It's fine. Um, and then all the other miscellaneous ones that were hard in the original, most of them are gone too. And most, <clears> I literally <throat> got most of the trophies by not paying any attention or because I'm a trophy hunter. And as I was playing, I was like, I'll do that. I'll do that. So I've done things where like, cause there was one trophy where you had to, you had to get this, uh, made cafe that's in Royal and it's not in the original game, this made cafe. Right. So you had to go there for... 5, 10, 15, 20. You had to go there for four or five visits, I think. On So that took up three days, basically, of my time. Three days of nothing but visiting this maid cafe. That's a complete waste of fucking time. It's doing nothing for me. However, I had to go there that many times to trigger an event, which triggered a trophy. But see, what I did today, because I'm fucking smart and a trophy hunter and I do shit right, is I looked at that trophy, figured out what I had to do and went, well, that's going to be a waste of my time. Save game. Did it. Load save. That's the difference Classic. between me and you fucking noobs out there thinking you run PlayStation shows and podcasts that can beat me, right? <laughs> I hunt trophies proper. I ain't a fucking you're guide. You that, you're lucky you put that disclaimer in, okay? I'm, I'm Mr. 100 now, okay? Look, um, Dad, Dash might be able to beat you because, you know, you record 20 podcasts a week, so he might be able to catch up in that time, so. Um, I mean, it's true. Actually, well, I'm not recording 100 videos. <laughs> it's true. I, I um, can't dispute I'll, it. I'll start the Persona podcast, which gives me an excuse to go to keep going for the <laughs> fucking Persona Platinum <laughs> is, yeah. is the thing. In our dreams this week, Cow Runner by Dash Surrounded no, Underscore? Surrounded Underscore. Surrounded. Oh, okay. Dash is part of the show notes, not the name. Yeah. <laughs> 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 surrounded underscore uh cow runner ash this was your pick do you want to explain what this game is and what you liked about it uh yeah so it's a really simple game pretty much you play as a cow and you're running around like a track and on the edges of the track is like an electric fence so if you touch the electric fence for too long you are blow up uh but it's like a one button game you can only turn left so you just push the button to turn left more and more and more and the trick is to try and get around the track without touching the edge at all and you get bonuses bonus points you can spend to get different accessories and that kind of stuff so yeah it's it, it's a small fun arcadey game but it, it's tricky <laughs> it's yeah. surprisingly difficult to get around that track yeah i would say this is one of those games and i hate to say like quote unquote mobile games is like a term for something because it seems 
depending on what you're talking about, it can seem like you're putting it down or whatever. But this is the kind of game, honestly, if this was on my phone, this is a good shitter game, you know? Like, and you know what I'm and saying? Yeah, what you know, you're saying is this is the kind of games Dreams should be getting off Dreams on the mobile phones. <laughs> and putting on the other platforms. Yeah, because yeah. I feel Put like- microtransactions this- <laughs> in, and then the mini Mocha will make all their money back. Everything about this game screams mobile game to me because you trans, it's got one button, which when you're playing the game, it's X, yeah. I think, right? Yeah. So you just well, tap that's X. that's not or- true. There's other Is buttons it? as well. You can get what? like, so as oh, you, uh, you can earn yeah, power-ups, yeah, power-ups that use other buttons. Yeah. But, but that, that could be easily you just that could still work. Yeah, because my, my point was going to be because the cow constantly moves around the same track, and all you do is press X or hold X to make it move uh, left, right? Um, and you may be like, "Well, that's silly. How come you can't move back the other way?" Because then it becomes an RC racer type thing, I guess. And like the whole mm. thing for this is that you can, you have to get it right, or else you will die. Um, blow up on the electric fence. So yeah, if it was a mobile game, straight away I could pitch it. Obviously, you're you're tapping the screen or holding down the screen to go as soon as you get power ups you tap the other side of the screen there's two buttons there yeah you, you know? tap other bits and pieces around the screen yeah. yeah so i feel like this game is pretty much the perfect mobile game and i feel like it would be quite decently successful <laughs> like for, for 99 cents or something like that like it, it's the perfect sort of thing that you could play for a couple minutes see how far you can get see what high score you can get and off you go yeah as far as it is on dreams it's cool to play it on dreams however it is it's not what i'd boot dreams up to play you know whereas and i'm only saying this for compare because i want to compare something here quickly for this game that racer one we talked about a couple weeks ago where i was like oh i'd love to yeah i'd love to get like a better time than that that track takes five minutes or so to beat and if you want to sit down and do like a half hour or less if you're going for the best time i suppose but i feel like that's more like that takes more time, whereas this game seems perfect on your phone type scenario. It takes too mm. long to boot up into Dreams. Or if you could export the game and sit it on your XMV and you could boot it straight up, <laughs> you know, we're yeah. talking about taking yeah, games off Dreams. But otherwise, no, it, it's very simplistic um, and it could be... It, it, could be sort of addictive if you're like, oh, I'll try to do better, I'll try to do... Because you're just trying to do as many laps. Like the highest laps yeah. I got was eight or nine i think what i did i only played it for like 15 minutes so to be honest so no, could i get higher probably high. <laughs> hey one's like three or four you know what because i'm bad eight or nine with no I, i've only unlocked the first power up as well jesus christ i'm a pro at cow that's why i'm the pro gamer you know esports cow runner eight, mm-hmm. eight, eight or nine laps come at me everyone if you can do better than that let me know yeah on the the places even the design, I like it. Though. I think the aesthetic's really good. And, like the track is pretty simple. Yeah, nice. It's funny because nice it's a remake, uh, remix of their own game that was a worse looking version. If you look, <laughs> if you look into it, like it's ex- yeah. it's a remix of Cow Runner, but it looks worse, and the model of the cow's worse, and the the music is also quite cool, and, like mm. chill, and whatever. So they all kind of come together. Um, of course, you can find this game if you head to explosionnetwork.com slash our dreams, which will take you straight to our in dreams platinum explosion list of all the things and then you can save that and queue it up in the dreams when you boot it up later and you can play all of our games that we talked about in dreams there so you should make sure to do that 
This is the last time we'll be doing the dreams segment for a couple months. Just to warn you, starting from next week, myself and Kieran will be talking about The Last of Us as we are replaying that game in the lead up to Last of Us 2. So that's going to be taking over this segment. Uh, each part of that's going to take about 15-ish, roughly, minutes is what I'm kind of aiming for. The first one's a little bit longer. The future ones will shoulder or whatever here there but it's around roughly 15 minutes so that segment will be here and then you'll also be able to find that segment cut out separately because i've made sure to structure it so it can kind of go as its mm. own thing on youtube.com slash explosion network so look forward to that starting next week look forward to more dreams in a couple of months when we return and yep. people have made more great games so keep sending them to us yeah keep sending them to us we'll get to them we'll play them so stack them up stack them up and we'll get to them when we return I'll do it for this one. Oh, final explosion. You can suggest topics, send in questions for the show by emailing mail at explosionnetwork.com. Subject line, Platinum Explosion. Uh, you can find all of me, Ashton, Explosion Network's Twitters by heading to explosionnetwork.com slash Twitter. You can find Buddy's Twitter by heading to twitter.com slash Buddy Watson 12. Correct. Oh. Boom. Got it. Yeah, I had to think about it. It's not a regular thing. Confidence. There you go. Got him. And that will also be in the links of the show notes below anyway. So there you go. Um, until next week, remember that every trophy counts, including me getting all the trophies in Persona 5 Royal before real Persona fans. I mean, that, most of them can't play the game yet because I've got it like <laughs> fucking weeks before it's out. But that's fine. I'll cheat. I don't care. I'll do what I want. <laughs> nothing like platinuming a game before it's out in the wild that's my dreams mm. I looked on PSN profiles before because the trophies just went live the, today they went live as a recording I'm currently there's one person with the platinum already so I'm like I can't get Ooh. first but I can get the top first 50 or top 100 or whatever the fuck I was first Australia is very possible Ash first is Australia yeah. is very possible I have a feeling your uh, crazy Persona 5 and trophy rant's not going to end so thanks for having me on <laughs> <laughs> Hey, don't forget you can subscribe to the show wherever you're currently listening and you can drop a review if you can. Find more great shows like this and more content over at ExplosionNetwork.com and please consider supporting us for as little as a dollar over on our Ko-fi page by heading to ExplosionNetwork.com slash support. Thanks for listening.